Welcome to the Fields of Fantasy Podcast, hosted by Hestel and Ed. And welcome to the week five edition of the Fields Fantasy Podcast. Your boys from TH Fantasy Football, Pestle and Ed, are with you again. How are we, Ed? Um, as as a person, I'm very well. I don't know why I felt the need to say as a person. No, as a person. How are you as a Bengals fan? That's uh, what I was really getting at. That's I, I, truth be told. I, I think that's what you were getting at. As a Bengals fan, I don't know. It's kind of... It's, imagine how, how they felt on the Titanic, you know, just kind of like, <laughs> just cheerily getting on, maybe having a drink and just trying to pretend it's not happening. I'm not quite sure it's the same level of peril. Uh, that you face as a Bengals fan no. as it was on the Titanic. No, no. Uh, relatively uh, perilous <laughs> upon the uh, the sinking ship of Cincinnati. It's not going well. So we're starting to see patterns emerge. We're starting to get an idea of which teams are the real deal, which players are the real deal. We're going to talk about some players that we weren't expecting anything from this season and are proving week after week that they're going to be fancy relevant all year by the looks of it. The waiver wire continues to thin. The week I've handed it over to you to as your lead feature. The most difficult week of the season. It gets more difficult from here on in, doesn't it, with waivers? Yeah, I think we mentioned it last week, didn't we? That we're struggling uh, already and we're only five weeks in. So, so it, it was difficult this week to pick up or have a look at what's available to pick up. What does get a little bit easier with the waiver wire is that you have to make decisions. It's not quite so much of the, do I drop this player for this player? You've got the decisions around bye week, so that forces your hand to commit a little bit more, doesn't it? Looking at my leagues from this week, I've ended up 2-2 two two in quite a few leagues. Uh, so I've had a look at a couple of leagues where I'm 2-2. Two two. I'm in that frustrating position where I've conceded the most points and I've also scored quite highly. In one league, I've outscored the next highest top scorer by 50. I've also conceded 150 more than that individual. And they're 4-0, but that's just how it is. It evens out over the season. It's just one of those things, isn't it? Just look. I think I'm... In my, we've got our top 10 leagues, haven't we? Uh, we've probably got them in different orders, but I'm two and two in a lot of leagues. I started off really well in the top two money leagues, two really good wins, and then two defeats in both of them. So, yeah, swings and roundabouts, but hopefully there'll be lots of playoff action later in the season. Would you like to hear a who's who of players that I was against in fancy matchups this week? In the fancy hero section, because I had a lot of these individuals against me. Ah, okay, nice segue, Mark. Uh, no, very good. <laughs> Malcolm. Fantasy Heroes. AJ Brown exploded in week four with nine receptions for 175 yards and two touchdowns, fully justifying his preseason draft price. Michael Wilson of the Cardinals, wide receiver six. What a week for the rookie. Seven of seven receptions and 26.6 points. Cole Komet had his best fancy game ever as he checked in with two touchdowns against that fragile Broncos defense. Nico Collins is now a firmly established wide receiver too and has eased into his relationship with CJ Stroud. 35.8 points. Josh Allen made a statement as he showed the Dolphins aren't the stop of course they were being billed as. Threw for 320 yards, four touchdowns and Pittsburgh Russian touchdown his own. The king of fantasy is back and obliterating the opposition. Not satisfied with three times 20 plus weeks, he scored 48.7 points. CMC, you are the king of fantasy football. I mean, he truly is. He really is. Would you like to move into the realms of less CMC sort of players and more? I don't think these players will combine to make CMC score. I mean, you are going to regret saying that in just a few minutes. Oh, dear. Fantasy Zeros. 
Chris Olave, one reception for four yards. What a horror week for Chris Olave in a week when he should have scored big. The Steelers' defense scored a nice round zero as Nico Collins cut through like a hot knife through butter. George Kittle was tight end 43 behind Chris Manhurts and Nate Adkins. The Browns' receiving core had a week to forget, so his DTR stepped in the last minute. Only 6.3 points between Cooper, People Jones, and Moore. Special mention to Moore for running the wrong way, 20 yards. Mac Jones is worse than Joe Burrow, and that is not a place you want to be right now. Money Mac got benched as a result of 12 for 21 and two interceptions. Well, it's all downhill for me. That's our favourite of the show out of the way. <laughs> yeah, let's, can we just... Do you think people would be happy with a three-minute show? Oh, I know who would not be. I can hear... Oh, he's, Mr he's, Plant would be grumbling. Not long enough. Is that his voice? I don't <laughs> that, think it is. That's not like his that, voice. but Scouts. <laughs> so, DTR, um, a word in his defence. He was dropped in at the last minute by Deshaun Watson's shoulder injury. I personally think Deshaun was a little bit scared of Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith wiping the floor with him. I mean, they had a great game, much to DTR's negative impact. Yeah, he just, as you'd expect, he just looked out of his depth, really, didn't he? He wasn't ready to step up to a, a big game like that. He looked like a rookie who'd been told 10 minutes before the game he was playing. He did. He which which did. is fair enough. Pretty much what happened. Right, you said earlier about players combining to get less points Oh, this is going to be a horrible CMC. stat, isn't it? A horrible stat. If you played the Bengals as your fancy football team, so Burrow... Two RB, Mixon and Brown. Two wide receiver, Chase and Boyd. Tight end with Hudson. Kicker McPherson. And the defence, throw it all in. You'd have scored 47.7 points. One point less than CMC. There we go. Yeah. So CMC is better than the entire Bengals offence. I'm actually, based on the performance this week, that's a pretty decent score. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was in the 20s. To Would you mind. take CMC on his own than the whole Bengals offence? Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> There's no debate there. We mentioned Josh Allen as well. After one bad game, the narrative was absurd about Josh Allen. That weird, he's wasn't back it? to where he was in his rookie season. He's not reading the game. This is what people feared for him. That's gone to bed, hasn't it? It's just the hyperbole every week. It's extremes, isn't it? And people can't just have a considered opinion. It's got no. to be an extreme opinion. Um, and Allen and Diggs, they just look absolutely dialed in, don't they? I mean, during the preseason, there was talk of whether Diggs was going to remain there. There seemed to be some sort of dispute at training camp. And Josh Allen did put his neck on the line really saying he had a part to play in that. So clearly that professionalism is there to see, isn't it, how those two are working together. Hands up if you left David Montgomery out of your lineup. Uh, an opponent did, and that benefited me. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> I fortunately gambled on putting him in, in most places. I, in one man fancy tournament run by Dylan over at Stateside, I went with Gibbs and then read the news about Montgomery, put him back into France and then forgot about that. So in hindsight, I should have gone with that. But is the way it is. Justin Fields, we spoke about last week as a sit. It was definitely a conversation to be had, but we wouldn't sit him against the Broncos. You'd expect him to have a good game, and he did. My question is, is Justin Fields fixed and the Bears' offence ticking nicely now, or are the Broncos that bad? It's the latter. I mean, yeah. the Broncos' defence is pretty terrible. I don't think Fields had a phenomenal game. He, he did what he needed to do. and Well, they still lost, didn't they? Hardly any running. He didn't pick up those yards with his feet that game. He was fancy useful. But when we were watching that game, we was, we said at the time, like, he's not playing like someone we could put in the heroes, although his stat line would kind of indicate that. If only there was a way to really test if it's the fault of the Broncos' defence by putting another 
kind of declining quarterback in front of them this Oh, Zach Wilson. <laughs> we will see if Zach Wilson gets a good score fantasy-wise this week. Zach good Wilson game. did all right this week, didn't he? I did think. you see him having his little cry on the side? I've missed that. I don't I... think he was crying, actually, to be fair to him. He looked sad and the players ran around, which is what you like to see. Unless I was mistaken, I didn't see Garrett Wilson around him. After their fallout the other week, it'll be interesting. But Randall Cobb, as an experienced wide receiver, doing what you want an experienced wide receiver to do, and that's get behind his quarterback. Yeah, I thought he came across really well on hard knocks, Randall Cobb. Now, we knew Derek Henry would have a good game, firstly because he was playing do we have to, do we Bengals. Have to, I mean, do we have to talk about this? Yeah, just okay. fingers, fingers on lips. Okay. Derek Henry, we knew he was going to have a good game against the Bengals, and that's what wanted to happen. I'm a little bit worried about uh, two weeks' time now, the fact he seems to be back. But for the second year in a row, we raised a question. We didn't say to drop him, but we said, is it time to question him? And we said that last year, and same as last year, he gave us a resounding no. 24.38 points, including a passing touchdown. That was a lovely little bit of play. That was a highlight, yeah. Imagine they're going, do you know what, Ryan Tannehill has our quarterback. Should we let Derek Henry throw <laughs> yeah. this crucial touchdown pass? And once again, is that more to do with the Bengals and the way they are and the fact that their defence has spent a lot of time on the field for the last few weeks? Or is it Henry getting into his groove? We'll see, I guess. A bit of both. Like you said, I think there's a great point about the Bengals' defence because the Bengals' defence is strong, but it's just spending so much time on the field. It's just getting destroyed every week. Puka Nakua? Week 1, 21.9 points. Week 2, 30.1 points. Week 3, a lowly 12.2 points. Week 4, 31.3 points. He looks set to be the real deal, at least for fantasy football anyway. Every the week there future. seems to be a new rookie record that, yep. that he's broken, you know, and it's, it's phenomenal. And he's showing no signs of stopping. And I think when, even if Cup comes back, he's still going to get a lot of volume. So 38 receptions over the first four games is an NFL rookie record. Second is Anquan Bolden from 2003, a 20-year-old record. How many receptions did Bolden get in those first four games? Have you seen this number? I, 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 I think, weren't we watching it on Red Zone? But I can't remember the number. I'd guess 30. 30. Yeah, so, yeah, so he's beating Clear daylight, eight. yeah. Average of wide receiver 15 in rookie drafts as well. The highest we saw him go, looking back at our rookie drafts, was 3.8. So the best value rookie wow. draft pick for a long time. Oh, without a doubt. If Other you... than maybe James Robinson a couple of years ago, but a wide receiver you'd expect to have more longevity, wouldn't you? You know, you know what you've just made me think? I probably need to check a couple of my taxi squads <laughs> yes. because I've just thought, maybe I've picked him up. I don't just, I don't just select no him idea. with not knowing who he is. You did you do that with a couple of years ago? It was Justin Herbert. Yes, Justin Herbert. Was. <laughs> I left him on my, my taxi squad. You so. had narrow narrow losses for weeks on end yes. and realised he had was Justin racking Her up like fifty fantasy points a week. I think someone accused you of trying to tank by leaving. Yes, you weren't tanking. You just I forgot he was there. The Anthony Richardson back, looking really good. I mean, you look at his completion percentage; it doesn't look good, but he got some serious yardage up there. He's got his feet to play with as well. He looks like he's going to be fancy relevant for the foreseeable. We'll talk about him a little bit later on the Fancy Five podcast when it comes to our democracy. Now, we waited on the Steelers having their zero. The Dolphins and Cardinals did do worse, though. Minus two points to the Dolphins, minus three for the Cardinals. But they were playing actually two of the hottest offences in the league right now in the Bills and the 49ers. The Steelers, you'd have expected to do better against the Texans. Simmons said to a couple of these, though, is that the Steelers' defence being really bad or is it a sign of the Texans actually being a little bit handier than we thought they would be? Yeah, yeah. again, it's a bit of both, isn't it? Stroud is, is looking like he's going to be a solid QB moving forward. I'm looking forward to seeing how that career trajectory takes him. 
And once again, we shall mention him on the Fancy Five podcast in our democracy. And, and I'm going to bring him up in Fire from the Wire as well. Oh, lovely. He's going to get lots of airtime. A feature which we've probably got Malcolm to do as a drop for, but we weren't feeling that negative in the pre That's our injuries section. Maybe next time we get on the phone to old Malcolm, we'll get an injuries thing on there. But T. Higgins, fractures rib, and my favourite quote for an injury timeline, he is out for a bit. <laughs> I didn't hear that. Um, so well, well uh, from what I've heard directly from him, apparently he doesn't think it's that serious, but, but it doesn't really matter whether he's there or not. If I moment. had broken ribs, you know what I wouldn't want to do? I wouldn't want to run towards another human being while competing for a ball. No. Uh, I can't imagine that would be high on my priority list. Javante Williams, uh, Broncos, running back, hip timeline to be confirmed at the time of recording. It would be good if he could be back. We'll talk about it in our starts of the week. Why that will be. Justin Herbert has broken his finger on his non-throwing hand. Obviously, that's good it's on his non-throwing hand, but you still you could see you need both hands when you're playing quarterback. That must have been considerable pain. We know he's hard as anything, though. We saw that last year with his rib injury. Fortunately, though, the Chargers are one of those teams out on a bye week this week. Matthew Stafford, hip. He says he has no doubt he will play. But Matthew Stafford with another injury where he has no doubt he'll play. We've seen what happens when Matthew Stafford plays with an injury and he has no doubt he'll play. Doesn't look that pretty. Thank you, Edward. <laughs> I've just agreed. I'm sorry for the, for the listeners. I was um, nodding. Yeah. <laughs> this audio format, Ed nodded. Pat Frymuth, Steelers tight end out with a hamstring. Mike Evans also out with a hamstring. And Kenny Pickett out with a knee injury as well. The Mike Evans one worries me. If yes. I've got Mike Evans, that, that could quickly turn into three or four weeks. And hamstrings with wide receivers often does, doesn't it? We've seen that time and time again. And alongside all those injuries, we're also missing players out in their bye weeks. That's the Browns, the Chargers, the Seahawks and the Buccaneers. So we'll get into possible options for those as we move into Fire from the Wire. But first, can we talk about who we're going to sit, Ed? Let's do it. Seats of the Week. So something I really like to look at when we're looking at our starts and sits we get deeper into the season is DVOA. So that's that adjusted performance against strength of schedule for your defences. We're not quite there yet as that being a useful indicator because of the data, but I hope that will be more relevant over the next couple of weeks. But I've been looking at the top defences against the pass and against the run based on yardage given up. The best defence in the league against the pass is currently the Browns, 125 yards per game. They're on their bye though, so that's not helpful. Cowboys, 148 yards per game. They've got the 49ers. You're not going to sit, i.e., you're not going to sit Debo if he's starting. Um, don't think you'll sit CMC. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> no, he, I think he's the only person on Sleeper who is 100% rostered, 100% start. Really? Yeah. The Ravens, third, they've got the Steelers. So you probably, especially if Pickett's not at full strength, you're going to be wanting to sit Pickens, Austin, and Alan Robinson. I mean, Alan Robinson, you probably. City most weeks anyway. You could sit him in a different county, couldn't you? <laughs> uh, or state for our American listeners. State. State is a county. Sorry. Okay. It's <laughs> uh, a token bit of American xenophobia. Um, fourth, the Bills, 169.5 yards against the Jags. So Trevor Lawrence only got one QB1 finish so far this season. So are you going to sit big Trev this week? Kirk and Ridley either could get a touchdown and be serviceable. So I don't think you're going to sit them. It's a luxury if you are with the rest of your roster. Top defense against the run, the Lions, 60.8 yards per game. They've got the Panthers. So Sanders and Hubbard. I mean, I've, I've been singing Sanders' praises for the best part of six months now. What, what did you, you said guaranteed? Guaranteed in being top five. He's going to have five. a colossal. What a season a he's got to come. end to the season. <laughs> Once again, though, the way things are with running backs, you're probably going to have to put both those in your flex anyway. 
Eagles with the Rams, you're still going to start Kyron Williams, aren't you? 49ers, Cowboys, you're still starting Pollard. He always got a big game in him regardless of who's starting. And the Titans, they've got the Colts. So they're only giving up 70 yards per game, and I'm going to talk about the Colts shortly. Other sits I want to discuss before we get into the main ones, Drake London and Kyle Pitts, and that is because they are receiving options for Desmond Ridder. That's why I'm going to sit them. <laughs> well, yeah, he grew into the game, or would be the kind way of saying it, wasn't it? But he had a horror first half in London. Who is Desmond Ridder's number one target? It will be... Um... Oh, I'm going to talk about him. It was not Carl Pitts, it's the other tight end. No. Johnny Smith. Johnny Smith, that's it, yeah. yeah. So he leads folks on all targets 15 when there's only 11 for Drake, London, and Kyle Pitts. That's obviously just who he's there for him to throw to, isn't it, at that given point? I don't think Desmond Ridder's going through many reads, but from what <laughs> I've seen. Who are you sitting? Um, well, last week I recommended uh, to sit Terry McLaurin, who Good went shout. on to have his best week of the oh, season. Bad shout. So <laughs> there is method in my madness this week. Okay. I genuinely think you have to have the conversation at the moment about benching Joe Burrow. Oh, here we go. If you've got his back. <laughs> but he's had three weeks under 10 fantasy points out of four. Two of those were under five fantasy points. Um, and he's had three weeks where he's not thrown or rushed for a touchdown. And he, he is just not producing. I don't think it's an overreaction. I was trying to think, who would I play him ahead of? And there aren't many quarterbacks no, I'm playing ahead yeah. of at the moment. So I'm not sure where I got these stats from, but there's some quarterback stats so far this season, and there are 34 qualifying quarterbacks. In completion percentage, he's 32nd. In yards per pass, he's last. In passing yards per game, he's 29th. And his passer rating puts him last. Wow. So, I mean, clearly there's something not right with Burrow. We know he's talented. We know that, um, well, we, we ha I hope <laughs> that everything will be all right in the future. But we talked about this last week, didn't we? That he's the the management have almost backed themselves into a corner where they can't drop him now mm. and he's not going to produce anything he can't throw over 10 yards he doesn't seem to be able to on that calf at the moment so yeah i i genuinely consider benching joe burrow at the moment i know people have invested a lot of money in him a lot of money a lot of fancy capital in him but i, I don't know how you feel if you've got him in any of your teams and what you'd consider no because i i draft with you so I don't yes. get much Joe Burrow no I don't I haven't got I think I've got Joe Burrow in one league we spoke pre-season Joe Burrow goes a bit far too, too high, high for where we wanted to doesn't he we said previously how much of it is Joe Burrow not being right how much of it is the play calling when we were speaking about it you said the play calling just isn't what it should be for me the evidence of that was Jamar Chase's comments when he was yeah. interviewed after the game uh, when they're saying, why are you getting the ball? And he said, I don't know. I'm open. I'm always open. Yeah. I'm, I'm always open. open. So, yeah, but he, he, he apologised for his language. Yes. That, to me, I don't think the relationship those two have, that's a slight towards Joe Burrow. No, or not at that's all. that's the play calling. Yeah, I think you're right. It might be a, a bit of a dig uh, at Zach Taylor and, and Brian Callahan. I just don't see the point in starting Joe Burrow. For, not from fantasy, in the NFL, why are they starting him in the first place? He's not right. Nothing else is going right. Why risk him? But you, I think you made a great point this week where you, uh, the Bengals are in a situation now as a franchise where they can't afford to be saying, let's just shut down for a season. No. They can't. They've invested in this. You know, they've, they've made it clear they want to get to a Super Bowl. They want to win a ring and, and they can't back down from it now. And I think, yeah, it's just frustrating watching Burrow because he doesn't look right. And I thought, I did think, I think was it Dowie who, who, who we were messaging about this and he said he expected... Bengals um, to, have, to come back this week and Burrow to have a great game and I did because mm. I think the, the, the Titans secondary is not great 
And I thought he, he would finally click and things would improve. But if anything, he looked as bad as ever this week. Yeah. Right, my two that I want to mention, this is my uh, weekly Zach Moss feature. I've been waiting for him to fall apart for fantasy all season because that's what Zach Moss does. Every time I've trusted him, he falls apart. So I've got no Zach Moss. But is Jonathan Taylor going to be back this mm. week? So at the time of recording, we don't know. Either way, the Titans have been really good against the run, as we've already said. So they are the fourth best team against the run currently in the league. Only given up 70 yards to running backs and only conceded one rushing touchdown. I'd probably fade Zach Moss this week. Cue Zach Moss to have another good week. That's what I do every time I doubt him. Once again, though, he's a running back and we don't have many running backs to choose from. So that's the same thing I'm tempering expectation with this next pick. And that's Jameer Gibbs unless desperate. I don't think you can have the luxury of sitting him. If you drafted him, you can have drafted him relatively high as well. So you've probably not got the running back depth to be able to afford to drop him. Maybe in Dynasty, if you've got good running back depth and you just end up with a high pick, you could have the option to potentially fade him in that position. But whilst Monty dominates that backfield, Gibbs Hill's at best a risky flex player right now. Surely that won't be the case for the whole of the season. Though. You expect that to change at some point, but there's no signs of it at the minute. No, it's it, certainly not. And I think the lines were so high on him, weren't they? But um, yeah, I'm sure it will come good. But so far as a fantasy prospect, he's maybe not lived up to what people were hoping for. Speaking of coming good, it's time to hear from our sponsors. Fantasy football is all about collecting the best roster of players. So why not assemble your roster at home with some help from Stateside Sports? With over 30 sports trading card products in stock right now, Stateside Sports is the best place to grab the latest releases in sports trading cards. Collect autographs of your favorite stars, rookie cards of the hottest prospects, and rare super short print cards to make your collection as unique as your fantasy team. Start your search the best way possible. Visit statesidesports.co.uk now. Starts of the week. Starts of the week, so we're going to look at the other end of the table, and that is the worst defense against the pass and against the run. So, the worst team against the pass is who, Ed? Cincinnati Bengals. No, oh. Seahawks. 328 yards per game. They're on a bye. Second worst against the pass is the Chargers. 299 yards per game. They're on their bye. Third, or this week's worst against the pass, is the Broncos. 285 yards per game. And they've got the Jets. So, as we've already said, if Zach Wilson has a good game, we know that the Broncos really are in dire straits. If is doing a lot of heavy lifting in that sentence. It is. <laughs> would you start this week? You're not going to like this question, not in the slightest. Would you start Zach Wilson against the Broncos or would you start Joe Burrow Zach against Wilson. the Cardinals? That's, yeah. how, that's how bad Joe Burrow is at the moment. Well, you know, so it's an easy answer. Yeah. But not would you like to be that answer, easy. Yeah. And Garrett Wilson, I think I'd start without hesitation because once again, where you've drafted him most likely with a round two pick in redraft, you're going to be, in fact, in Dynasty, probably a first-round pick. You're going to want him at least in a flex spot, even if you're not confident. Fourth worst against the pass, the Bears, 267 yards per game. Commanders, so Dotson and McLaurin, are you going to be firing up as well? Worst defense against the run, it's the Broncos back in again, the Jets in there again. Brees Hall, you'll be starting Michael Carter. You might want to consider in a flex spot as well. The Bengals, 157 yards per game they're giving up to the run. So the Cardinals, let's unlock James Conner. We were low on him a couple of weeks ago and he had a big game. James Conner thinks he's in for a good game. Packers, 155 yards per game. They've got the Raiders. It's a week for Josh Jacobs. You would expect to put some big numbers up. 
Steelers have the mighty Ravens. I think Edwards is a useful flex spot. I'd be higher on Lamar Jackson's running game and someone throwing as a start of the week as well in a moment. And then fifth worst against the run, the Jets, 148 yards per game. We've already discussed. Hopefully, Williams is okay because this would be a good game for him. At the time of recording, we don't know whether Javante Williams will be playing or not. Other starts, Devin Achan, start until further notice. I mean, that goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway. Isaiah Pacheco, after getting some volume this week, Taylor Swift was very, very happy to Isaiah Pacheco's touchdown run. <laughs> there we go. We've got our obligatory Taylor Swift comment. That is all you're getting from us. That's for uh, the lady friend of Mr. Michael Poulter. So Pacheco may well kick on against the Vikings after seeing that volume. Let's see. I've got high on Pacheco. I've got high on any Chiefs running back having consistency. So hopefully we are finally there. Christian Watson should also be back to a full workload this week and he could punish the Raiders. Stat from last week, Kyron Williams, how many leagues did he start in? Kyron Williams, you'd think 50%. 75%. Okay. So higher than you thought, but he was rostered in 90%. Right. So Who's why, got him on the roster and not starting, starting him? him yeah. uh, so he was my absolute guaranteed pick for DFS this week. He did me very well. Alave let me down significantly, so that didn't go so well. Who are you looking to start? Uh, well, after last week's... Well, I'm not taking the blame for this. Donald Parham, I said, to start last week. Uh, but he exited the game uh, with a wrist injury quite early. Hence, he got no points. Uh, you can't be blamed for that. I can't be blamed for that. Getting back to the Cardinals, I think you need to look at starting Hollywood or Michael Wilson, who are... Currently, wide receiver 17 and wide receiver 32. So they've both had a good start to the season. Now, the Bengals are strong in the secondary. And I think they're kind of mid-table against the pass when I had a look. But as we said earlier, the issue with the Bengals' defence at the moment is they're spending so much time on the field that they're just, I don't know, it's fatigue more than anything. Um, and the offence is doing absolutely nothing. So the defence is struggling. So, yeah, I, I definitely think Hollywood and Michael Wilson as well as James Conner, will have good games this week. My key starts of the week, David Montgomery, um, dis despite missing a game, still has 30 more carries and 83 more yards than Gibbs and five more touchdowns. The Panthers conceded the joint fourth most touchdowns to the rush so far with six, and there's three teams above them have conceded seven. So Monty, strap him in until Gibbs starts to take over. Zay Flowers is also my start of the week this week. So the Steelers given up the fifth most yards to receivers, including 168 yards to Nico Collins in week four and the fourth most to the rush. And we've seen Flowers has kept, he's made, he's made his lot, we've done our research properly. We said in our pre-draft show how he's used sometimes a bit of a gadget player in the rush game. He has been to some extent as well for the Ravens. So I think Zay Flowers could have his big week this week where he really puts himself on the map and OBJ and Rashad Bateman could still be out so he could get a lot of work this week are we happy with those I think there's lots of options for people there let's look at how we can fill some gaps then with fire from the wire so I think we can start off by giving you some credit oh uh, lovely I like this <laughs> so you did talk about Raheem Mostert you said that he would disappear and he got 3.5 points and you said that um, A-Chan was the longer-term bet, and he got 27 points. So, well done, Mark. Yeah. I, to be fair, I think that was based on most of doing that time and time again historically. Um, but I don't think A-Chan is ever going to be that absolute workhorse because he's not physically big enough. Like, 
but he he doesn't need to be always because he is rapid. He's he makes players very miss. fast. Isn't this he? is why he was our favourite player. We watched from the running back perspective through the draft, wasn't he as well? Definitely. And although I've given with one hand, I'm going to take away with the okay. Other. What did I say that was wrong? <laughs> you, you said Quentin Johnston uh, would have a good week, uh, but he didn't really make the most. He doubled his snap percentage, but he only ended up with one reception. Yeah, so, not so, good. so so not so good. But we also talked about C.J. Stroud, uh, and he's currently QB ten. He's still only rostered in 55% of leagues. Don't get it. Get him now. It's just my advice. Surely when the bye weeks kick in, that's going to skyrocket that percentage. Uh, you think, well, I'm looking for him. In, for example, in the league where I've got Burrow, I'm going to look to see if CJ Stroud's available. i confidently start CJ Stroud ahead of Burrow. Of Burrow. Uh, we mentioned Andy Dalton, but he wasn't needed. And maybe he can fade back into obscurity now. Yes. So, a few targets to look at. These will be quite hot on the waiver wire this week. You've got Jaleel McLaughlin. He'll be a top waiver target after a surprise week four performance where he rushed for over 100 yards. P. Ryan is surprisingly quite ineffective and he was expected to be, you know, certainly part of a, a committee of, of running Definitely. backs. Um, it depends on the extent of Javante Williams' injury because uh, he, he went out of the game, uh, but McLaughlin could become relevant. Um, Michael Wilson, we talked about him earlier. Uh, I think he's moved ahead of Rondell Moore uh, in the depth chart. And there's only really Hollywood ahead of him at Arizona. Dobbs is is confounding expectations at quarterback. Uh, and so that instantly brings the wide receivers back into fancy rec reckoning. And I think Michael Wilson is going to be very busy on the waiver wire. I feel a bit serious with Michael Wilson because I was listening to a non-fancy related podcast in pre-season where they were talking about how high... The Cardinals were on Michael Wilson, how it looked like he was already moving ahead of Rondell Moore in the depth chart. A lot of people were down on him because he was an older wide receiver. I mean, he's 23. He's hardly an old man. Yeah. But he'd chosen to stay and he wanted to finish his education before declaring for the NFL. And he seems to have really met the expectations people had of him. And I, I'm a little bit annoyed at myself that I'd not been picking him up beforehand. And, and let's it's too make late it now. He's 6% rostered at the moment. That's surely going to jump to 40, 50. 40, 50%. And let, it's, this isn't just this week. I mean, he had a breakout week this week, but I think he scored over 10 points the previous two weeks as well. So th this isn't a flash in the pan. I think he's establishing himself as wide receiver two there. And Rondell Moore has, has never really tore things up, has he? Yeah, so week one, 3.9. Week two, 8.6. Week three, 10.6. Week four, against the 49. That's the toughest off yeah, position. yeah. I mean, arguably, it could have been the Cowboys, but they were off uh, off kilter, weren't they? Then him and Dobbs are building that chemistry. And don't forget, Dobbs is learning what it is to be a QB1 this season as well, really, isn't he? He's got quite an unfortunate picture on Sleeper, Dobbs. Yes, it's not a, it's <laughs> it's not, not, not a flattering, flattering picture. I do think that Dobbs has probably secured himself, when Kyle Murray is back, a solid backup role for the foreseeable future of his career. He looks like he'd be one of the more reliable. Oh goodness me, I'd absolutely buy your hand, hand off. Who are you looking at on the waiver wire? So I'm going a little bit deeper. I'm going for Marvin Mims of the Denver Broncos. 50% rostered. He's wide receiver 35 on the season so far, with nine receptions from 11 targets, and he's still wide receiver 35. 27 yards per reception. Wow. Why are we not seeing more of him on the field? I, I mean, we, lots of questions could be asked of what the Broncos are doing. This is one of the more confusing ones for me. Well, I just think it's great that the Broncos have finally got a decent coaching setup. I just yep. think it's solved everything, hasn't yes, it? Yes, oh, it's worked oh, it's wonders. So they did, I mean, they clawed their way back, didn't they, against the Bears, but 
it was against the Bears. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, is that just a case of two poor sides? Uh, because you thought the Bears had that in the bag, and I didn't think the Broncos had that in them, but fair play to them. No, it was it was less fireworks and more comparable to fecal matter hitting a fan, I think, <laughs> really. So the Broncos will find themselves chasing games, though. So they're going to continue to very often to chase games and play True. longer plays. So surely Mims is going to get some more targets soon. I think he's a good target to pick up cheap. He's the sort of player I'll be looking at on Sunday when Fab's over and we can pick up players at free and you're looking at using your IR spots as well to move people around. Mims, I think, is a player we're going to be talking about as a it's too late to pick him up at some point this season. Right, and the final person that I'd recommend, we mentioned him earlier. Uh, I couldn't remember his name at the time, but that's Jonu Smith. <laughs> I think he's on the verge of being top 10 tight end. He's had three really solid weeks and he's moved ahead, I think, of Kyle Pitts at Atlanta as tight end one. Now, Ridder is, of course, the big question mark. Um, he had that horror first half in London, but the Falcons have a kind run of fixtures over the next few games. So I think that Smith is going to continue with that consistency. He's a solid tight end. He's someone that I picked up a couple of years ago in quite a few leagues, yeah. but... He never, he's never really, there's never really been fireworks, but there are very few fireworks from tight ends this, this year. I mean, I mean, look at George Kittle. He's had an, an average season and that's been kind. And tight end is, is becoming a cliche, isn't it? You're always looking for where you can get that value, looking where you can use the waiver wire, especially when you get into the stage of looking at those bye weeks. He could be, could really help you out week on week, couldn't he? What's next, Mark? Fantasy Basics. Rather than a question, we're looking more at kind of general advice this week in Fancy Basics. And that is going to be to looking ahead to your next week games before doing your waivers. The reason being, with bye weeks kicking in, you might be looking at, is it going to be a better priority over a couple of weeks than just this week? If you operate on a priority waiver wire rather than fab, then that could be useful how you decide to spend that. Do you have any bench space to block your opponent? So having a look at what your opponent needs the following week, having a look at who your opponent's going to have out on buy, is it a case of, do you know what, they've got a quarterback who's out, have you got some bench space, can you pick up a quarterback with a favourable matchup the following week just to purely obstruct your opponent? Taking points away from someone is as good as earning yourself at times. Will you have the same need as your week six opponent? So, for example, we just said about tight end. If my tight end is out next week and so is my opponent, I might be looking to pick my tight end up early to get that better value on that matchup. So if so, jump the gun. And that's where using those Sunday free waivers can be quite useful as well. Having a look, using your IR spot to be able to stash players around once players are declared out or going to be ineligible for the game. And just looking ahead now. This is not the be-all and end-all. Don't prioritise your pickups on waivers this week entirely on the coming weeks, but it could be a decision-maker if you are between two players you want to go all-in on. Where do you stand on having a look ahead? Yeah, it's something that I try to do, but the problem, well, I think we've both got, is we've got so many leagues. So, yes. So I, I will always try and do it in my top four or five leagues, and if I have time, uh, I'll do it in my other leagues. But it does, you know, you need to think, think well, who's going to fill that spot? And... Yeah, just hope that someone doesn't beat you to, to, to whoever you're going for. And now's probably a good time to have a skim down your roster as well, now that it's probably a little bit more firm than it was at the start of the season. Have you got a week that is going to absolutely ruin your lineup for fantasy? And in those situations, sometimes oh, I've had in the past where I've just gone, well, I'm going to lose that week. Yeah, or you're um, going to, you think, I'm going to have a couple of gaps. Don't, yeah. don't, don't think, oh, I've got to get someone in and drop someone who you really don't want to drop off the yeah. bench. 
keep them and just have a gap or, yeah, accept you're going to have, so have a loss. If you had a look, say, to week seven and you've got three key pieces out and your opponent's got no one out, chances are you're not going to win that anyway. Maybe just go, well, I'll take the L on this one. Because like we said before, you just need to get into the playoffs. You don't need to win every week at this stage. Time for some competition now. Uh, is it competitive? Not really. Well, let's see what Malcolm's got to say before we get on to my one new favourite parts of the show. So last week I asked you to choose number one or number two. So I gave you the option of choosing in this week's games uh, the number one and number two player in each position. So if we go down, first of all, it was quite a difficult one. You found this the most difficult. Herbert against Cousins. And you went for Kirk Cousins, but Justin Herbert beat him quite convincingly. Kirk Cousins made it very clear all game he wasn't going to help me with that. <laughs> True. This was your easiest decision, Shocker. and it proved to be exactly right, because CMC squeaked past Raheem Mostert, <laughs> 48.7 to 5.5. Tight end, you went for Hawkinson, but uh, Laporta beat him, 9.6 to 4.4. Uh, so that went to me, so that puts me 2-1. Then... The defences both did brilliantly, but you were very confident in the Cowboys. You were right to be so, be so because they beat the Cowboys. They beat the Bills, 28-11, and then two all. So that was left it down to the wide receivers. Both top two wide receivers had disappointing weeks, by I would say, standards, by yeah. their standards. Uh, you went for Keenan Allen, who got 12.2 points, and Tyreek Hill was two points behind. So you win 3-2. That puts you 3-0 up. We've got our starter one, which is worth three points. I'm hoping yep. that I'm winning that. <laughs> so we'll go with a draw then. <laughs> You'll go with the draw in my head. Just so, to link back to what you said about Keen Allen and Tyreek Hill, though, that was a disappointing week for both of those, but that's what a disappointing week gets you from a solid wide receiver. When we spoke about the consistency, a disappointing week for one of those two, you're still getting 10 points. You're yes, still getting 12 which points. Which is why you invest the draft. Disappointing week for another wide receiver is zero. Yes. When we think back to the T Higgins, no receptions off eight targets. That's a disappointing week, isn't it? So how do I get a point on the board? So this week, we are going to choose a game each and take all of the fancy points from that game. So you will choose your matchup and you will receive the fancy points from the QB for both teams. That will be the highest scoring QB in the event of someone being sat or someone getting injured. You will get the points from the highest two scoring running backs from both teams the two highest scoring wide receivers from both teams, the tight end, the kicker, and the defence. You don't have to choose who those individuals are. You will just get automatic the scores for the top players. So it's kind of like best ball, position. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So you will choose a game, take all the points from that game. So essentially, we're looking to highlight the most fancy relevant game on the week. I gave you this beforehand. You it did. needed a bit of looking. So what was your process? So um, I looked at the games, first of all, and just looking at the games and thinking, what do I think is going to be big scoring? The game that jumped out at me was Chiefs v Vikings. And I thought, right, so what I'll do is I'll go and see what the bookies think and see what their line is. So I went and looked at the over-under line in all of the games and it backed up what I thought. I think the over-under line for that game was 53.5. It was really high. So I thought, right, decision made. I'm going to be, uh, go for Chiefs Vikings. I did debate another matchup, um, but I was I was never really not going to choose Chiefs Vikings. And I think you're going to, well, you explain what you would have gone and where you're going now. So if I had first pick, I would have been debating between Chiefs Vikings and Cowboys 49ers. So I'm, I, you know, I think I would have probably gone Cowboys 49ers on that. I thought the but defences are both just worrying the me there. The process of looking at the 
points on there, I think I'd, I'd be happy to go with Chiefs Vikings as well. I, I don't know. It could have gone either way. But because of your choice with Chiefs Vikings, that's changed how I've gone for it. And I'm actually going to go for a game that I think has the chance to have the highest ceiling of all the games this week. I think I'll either win this one comfortably or you will win it comfortably. I don't think it's going to be close. Whereas if we went Cowboys 49, I think it could be quite close. So I'm going for Eagles-Rams. That was my second the choice. chance to have, yeah. have a massive week there. And once in the line is very, very high. So I will get the points from the Eagles and the Rams. Remember, both QBs, the top two running backs and wide receivers in each team, the tight end, the kicker and the defense. And you will have the same for the Chiefs and the Vikings. Happy with that? This is the week where Jefferson will get his customary once a season 40, 50 pointer, isn't it? Th that's what I'm hoping for, yeah. Lovely. Let's hope that does not happen. Time to earn some cash money. Sunday Night Bet Club. I am furious. Oh, no, I don't like it when you're furious. I'm furious because I missed out on £120 oh, yes. by half a point. Half a point? Half a point. Patriots Cowboys hit the under. Raiders Chargers hit the under. Cardinals 49ers hit the over. I got all of those right. I went for Chiefs Jets with the under at 42.5 points. They got 43 combined points. I missed out by half a point on 120 quid. A very close game, wasn't it? It's, do you know what? Since we stopped doing a betting poker show, we've got, <laughs> we've got better quite at betting. Good at betting. We're doing yeah. all right now. This week, I've gone for a long-term bet. So not a huge amount of discussion around the one this week. We've got a good one lined up for next week. There'll be a bit more discussion on. This week, we've gone, we ended up, when I pitched this to you, you've gone for the same thing as well. Yes. So we're going to go for picking the Super Bowl finals and winners. We did this last season, and I went for Eagles-Bills, which looked for a long part of the season as being a really good prospect. This time, though, I'm going for 49ers against the Bills in the Super Bowl with the 49ers to win. I was surprised by how high the odds were on this. Well, you said to me, you said, this is what I'm going for. What would your bet be? And I said, it would be exactly the same. 34.00. So decimal odds, you put a quid on, you get 34 back. So I've stuck a fiver on that because I think that's mega odds. I can only assume that the Chiefs and the Eagles are the two favourites. Yes, So they, that they must be the second favourites. But just watching, um, it, it, it's a stupid thing to say because it does keep happening, but... How much longer can Mahomes play in hero ball, get them through constantly? I, I, yeah, he it's, needs it's, Pacheco's. It's a miracle that they're doing what they're doing, and you, you know the coaching and everything. We said this before, didn't we? Yeah, that, that coaching difference, the fact that he is an absolute generational, bona fide, already Hall of Fame candidate. But the 49ers just look frightening on both yep. sides of the ball. Uh, even more so on offense, I would say. They just look like they're going to rack up loads of points every game. And I don't see who stops them. Even the Eagles, I think I think the 49ers with a fit Brock Purdy last year would have got to the Super Bowl and might have won it. But yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that's a decent bet, that is. Should we tease next week's bets for people having to think themselves? Yeah, go on then. So, next week then, Ed has proposed that we look to do a clean sweep accumulator of who will win each division. So, eight winners of the eight divisions is an accumulator bet. That's going to take a little bit of thinking. I think there's some that are going to be gut instinct. And there's some that you said, like AFC North Bengals will obviously win that. I might. <laughs> I can't even joke about it, Mark. It's so sad. Four, four weeks ago, you, yes, you sold me on that. I know, yeah. Quite easily. Yeah. And now if we were choosing the bottom team... That would be the Bengals, yeah. 
So have a little think about that. I will probably do my list on Saturday and see how much that changes come Monday morning. Yeah. And see if there's anything influences that. But I think we're done. Is that another banger in the books? It is, yeah. And I, I get to go to Jags Bills this week. You, you're not going this week, are you? No, I'm, I'm going I'm with. Gonna... I've got another friend who I'm oh. going with. Ooh, football friends. <laughs> but we're going the week after. But I'm very much looking forward to Jags that's, Bills. That's football friends. Friends. Manly, yes. I've decided. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thank you very much for joining us once more. Malcolm, we're done. Take us home. You have been listening to Pestle and Ed of TH Fantasy Football. For more content, follow TH underscore fantasy underscore NFL on Instagram and Twitter.